0: Today's podcast is brought to you by no one. We're alone in this world. Welcome to the show. I am Joe DeRosa, the last guy ever to start a podcast. Now, uh, here's the thing. I'm a big fan of traditional talk radio. I like honest discussion. I like interesting subject matter. And what I wanted to do with this show was try to create that. So I have one guest come in for one hour, and we discuss one topic. Uh, And I have the guest pick a topic from a list of topics I created, because I want to make sure we both want to talk about it. Today's guest picked the topic of synchronicity. I'm sure many of you are familiar with this concept, but for those of you that aren't, synchronicity is more than just the best police album and please tell me you know who the band the police is if you don't i'm sorry that's discussion for another podcast back to synchronicity allow me to sloppily quote wikipedia for the bit and by the way i know referencing wikipedia is lazy i don't give a shit synchronicity is the experience of two or more events as being meaningfully related not casually related in other words events happening not just by chance but with purpose meaningful coincidence basically The idea is that, and follow me here for a second, the conceptual relationship of different people's minds, defined as the relationship between each person's ideas, is intricately structured in its own logical way and gives rise to relationships that are meaningful in nature. These relationships can then manifest themselves as occurrences that are significantly related. Okay, I'm done referencing Wikipedia. What the fuck does that all mean? Well, it's simple. Let's just say you and I are friends. I'm walking down the street. I'm thinking about calling you. And as I take my phone from my pocket to call you, you call me. And I scream, that's so weird. I was just about to call you. That's synchronicity. Get it? Stuff being in sync with other stuff, like all your Apple products. So some call it fate. Others say it's cosmic. Others credit God. And I am not a great believer in any of those things. But I must say, I have been utterly floored numerous times when experiencing what one would define as synchronicity. And almost every one of those occurrences involved my guest today. Here with me is an accomplished stand-up comedian with numerous albums and specials. His podcast, You Made It Weird, is consistently one of the most popular out there. And now is the host of TBS's The Pete Holmes Show, He's cracked into the world of late night and also become my boss. Here now, my friend and neighbor,
1: Pete Holmes. You're fired. <laughs> Get out of here, you're fired. Roses, we've, we've had a good number of synchronicities in our lives. I, I keep I keep thinking about I don't want to just jump right in, but apparently I do want to just jump right jump in. Jump right in, boy. <laughs> Remember when I was in New York and we quote Glengarry Glen Ross, endlessly all the time we brought it and i was walking by a sign that said premier Properties,
0: which is the property company in (laughs) Glengarry, glen ross that they work for
1: yes i take out my phone to take a picture and send it to you right and you called me while i was doing that (laughs) yes like so one of the fun things about having your phone be your camera is that moment it can be interrupted (laughs) i'm holding up the camera to be like roses will like this and you called exactly at that moment Here's the thing: People that listen to my podcast know that I love <clears throat> looking for magic. You and I are, you know, we're similar people. We've had a lot of conversations right here right. in this apartment where we dabble in everything being bullshit. So I'm open to that as well. Right. But I'm also just, just chemically and in my heart, I'm I'm a I'm a playful guy. I like getting messy in things that are kind of unexplainable. Right. And I enjoy the uh, dopamine that my brain releases when I when I play in those realms.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think too, you know. As you said, we sit here at this very table. This very table. We have many discussions many over. Many discussions. A few Scotch. whiskeys. Yeah, a few scotches. There's booze involved. <laughs> and, and we will talk about, it's either the discussions go one of two ways. Either everything's bullshit or everything's connected and it all means something. But here's the thing. Yeah. I think the reason guys like us love the concept of there being this connective tissue through all of it is because when you do do are when you when you are prone to kind of go down the route of it's all bullshit it's all meaningless yeah when the magic thing happens you go (sighs) well you're starving god we
1: talk about starving all the time being spiritually depraved people i believe uh our culture specifically our la new york comedian culture i'm Mm -hmm. not talking about the country our culture can be spiritually depraved starving and communally depraved even though we have a pretty good community going it's it's only one type of pe- person. It's all fucking comedians. <laughs> we're all doing the same shit. Yes. So we're, we're we're lacking in certain social and spiritual nutrients. Absolutely. I would say. So when things like us and you know critical, I, I like to think of myself as a critical thinker. I'm I'm open to lots of possibilities. I'm I'm turned on by atheists. You know, mm-hmm. intellectually turned on. It excites me. But more and more, the more atheists I have on my show, which is most guests, I I start uh, losing my my taste for it. I start noticing that I'm like. I like talking with people like you who will at least play with it, mm-hmm. even if in a recreational way. Let's consider that when you call me right when I'm texting you, the thing that I saw. What what if what if our brains fired in that moment? What if there is some sort of collective sure. unconscious that you and I were tapped into in that moment? Sure, it, it happens. It happens a lot with us. Sure, <laughs> yeah, and
0: I think too, uh, you know, the nature of the comedian is to be adverse, is to say. Fuck you, and everything that this whole group of people is saying is the truth. Yeah. I'm, I, I think if there's just. Everybody a says to go one another, thing. I say, bet the, the other, other way. way. Glenn Garrigal and Ross. <laughs> uh, so, for me as a comic and somebody that, that definitely comes more from the atheist side of things, yeah. when I start to get around people where everybody's going, it's not possible, it's dumb, there's yeah. no God, right. then I just start to organically go,
1: screw you, don't tell me that yeah. there's no, I, I'll figure it out. Right. Well that that's the thing is there's some of us that are looking for magic and then there are those of us who aren't and those of us who are as I'm saying looking for magic need the other ones. Mm-hmm. They're building the cars and they're flying the plane. You know what I mean? We need type A people that are very practical minded. I can't have everyone like me staring at, at the clouds and hypothesizing 15 <laughs> different afterlife <laughs> scenarios. You know what I mean? Where's, Nothing would get done. Where did Bill Gates go? He's outside staring at the clouds. Exactly. I need to
0: talk to him. The company is hemorrhaging money. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> we, need, we need some people to to do things. And All we right. need science. And, uh, and I'm completely open. I just As a caveat, I just want to say everything I'm saying I'm open to it being incorrect, but I you know, Absolutely. knowing that we were going to talk about serendipities, here's my thought on serendipities. It's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. When you're in love, you have more serendipities. I don't at least in my experience, when I am like head over heels for a girl suddenly, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, you start seeing the things you were discussing, the things that you were feeling and the things that you were sharing start popping up everywhere. Granted, there's an explanation for that kind of phenomenon. You buy a Volkswagen Bug, suddenly you start seeing them everywhere. Sure. Why? Because you woke up to the idea that Volkswagen Bugs are a thing. Right. So I'm open to the idea that we're, this is just something we're waking up to, but I would say that so when you're in love, and love is a great thing, uh, the the example I've said on stage before is I'm like, it can be very little. We're like, we were just talking about pens, right. and I found a pen. Yeah. You right, I mean? right. But It yeah. feels profound. But I, I'm thinking of a specific one. A girlfriend of mine who you actually met I remember I, I kept thinking that dating her Was like dating a sports car And I was like I don't know if I can date a sports car She was like a She just had more horsepower than any woman <laughs> I had ever dated before Too much room She had a lot of room <laughs> she, was, she was a fucking roomer which was great, but I remember being like, I don't know if I can drive a sports car. I don't know if I'm a sports car guy. Right. Then we mm-hmm. just started dating. We're dating in the middle, and I'm noticing all these serendipities, really crazy serendipities. It could be the Volkswagen bug thing, but i they're meaningful to me. Then I, I go on the road and I rent a car at Enterprise. I always use Enterprise. I don't mean to plug Enterprise. In fact, they're kind of a pain in the ass. They really go over the top with that customer service. Fucking take it easy. You, you know what I mean? You're not selling me the car, Junior. Just like, give me the insurance and let me get out of here. I like how
0: you're even bringing your, your duality to the Enterprise rent-a-car situation. <laughs> I'm not saying I go one way or the other on Enterprise.
1: Ah! I just don't want you to think I'm plugging them. Uh, they're a fine company. I know you're not plugging Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Oh, I'm referring to the people listening. Oh, they're like, okay. "Oh, Holmes has a deal with Enterprise." <laughs> but that being said, fuck Budget. I mean, their Budget Rent-A-Car is just like a. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so I go to a, a, a major city, and the Enterprise at the airport. Consulting my map, I see you live near yeah. the airport. Thank Gary going Ross. <laughs> because i drove here at an enterprise ah! <laughs> i drove here in an eighty thousand dollar a week enterprise this is an expensive <laughs> uh he so i i reserved like a regular car intermediate car whatever yeah. the only car they had was a ford mustang i didn't even know enterprises had ford mustangs yeah and i got in the car of course i text the girl a picture i don't know if i explained exactly why it was so meaningful to me and this is funny, that girl ended up being quite a bit too much horsepower for me, too yes. much torque for me. We did enjoy torquing each other, though. Okay, we're having a fun time. I got in that car, okay, and I am just, I'm Clark Griswold. I'm supposed to be in like a wood-paneled uh, station wagon. Yeah, yeah. But suddenly I'm in an orange, like a Dukes of Hazard colored, it had everything but the Confederate and, flag. And let
0: me, let me just say one thing here. Please. This is one of the things I like about you so much is you're not Clark Griswold, and here's why. Clark Griswold believed he was supposed to be in the Mustang uh,
1: and was pissed about the wood panel stage. It's like, no, that uh, is the car that was built for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, that's you as a car. Yeah, yeah. Own it. Yeah. You're right. I am trying to just be true to myself. I feel like the guy that Clark didn't want to be is the guy that I kind of am. Right. But, you know, we all have those, you know, secret. I love those movies. Anyway, yeah. I wish they were remaking them with me so badly. Ed Helms, they're doing it with Ed Helms. I know, but I'm excited. I'm yeah, excited. No, no, no. I'm excited to see, see you too. And I love Ed Helms, but I'm just like, ah, he took my dream job. Anyway. <laughs> And then I had to go do my other Ed Helms Ed Helms also took my dream job What's
0: that? They're remaking Naked Gun with Ed Helms They
1: are not And
0: I wanted to do It was always my dream movie idea To do a movie called Naked Gun Negative One That starred Leslie Nielsen And it was a prequel to the Naked Gun series But the only difference with all the actors was Their hair was dyed black they were still the oh, same age. Oh, that's so funny. And I was like, I,
1: it, it, they got to do it. And then Leslie Nielsen yeah.
0: died, and now they're doing Naked Gun. Yeah, but with, yeah, yeah. yeah. With a, you know, they so.
1: could still do negative one and, and put it in the past. It would, I, it would keep going with that whole changing the number. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. So anyway, anyway go so ahead. So I get in that yeah. car, yes. the girl. So I get in the girl. I get in the car, girl. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm like, I can do this. It's the same parallel. It's like a bad movie. Like I get it. Mm-hmm. This is how he feels about the girl. <laughs> so I start driving. Just out, out. I haven't even left. Like what would be territorial, territorially known as the airport. Right. Somebody in the car in a car next to me starts honking and pointing at me, and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is what happens when you're with a hot broad. A lot of people stare at your girlfriend, and uh, when you drive a Mustang, a lot of people honk and point at you. <laughs> so I gave him, I gave him like a wave. Like yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Like I, get, I should have had my sunglasses on the beak of my nose and like a cigarette and just been like, yeah, pal, I'm love, where you want to be. I
0: love that you, it didn't even crush your right. maybe they're honking because they recognize me. No, it's nope. all about, I'm it's in the a car. fancy car. It's the car.
1: <laughs> uh, and then it, he, and then he gave me like, no, he's like, no, somehow he communicated this non-verbally, you know, through two closed windows, his and mine, you know, it like, no, I'm not saying hello or nice car, but he also put thumbs up like, Yeah, nice car, yeah. asshole. Right. Right. Like he somehow can conveyed facially and with his hand, Yeah, 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 you got a nice car. Right. And I can see the UPC symbol on the side. So we all know it's a rental. Right. But he goes, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your trunk is open. <laughs> like my trunk was open and flapping. I was driving around with it like opening and closing <laughs> and I didn't even realize it. And I was like, oh, couldn't handle the girl either. You know what I mean? Like her trunk was also open in quite a few ways. That does not sound right. We didn't have anal it's, sex. I love the visual <laughs> of the flapping trunk yeah. because it does
0: it does look similar to like a big goofy guy's flapping mouth, like as he's yeah. the falls
1: and got a, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, a sports car. God, I couldn't handle that car. That's, That's so incredible. Can That's, I, oh, yes. Now, well,
0: here's the thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, given
0: our theme today, do you think that maybe the universe. We always talk about the universe. I know, and we think that the when these arises, the it
1: happens all the time with us.
0: It does, and we think that these little in sync moments or whatever are a result of the universe, connectivity, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Do you think that also that moment could have been the universe stepping in and saying, "Pete, you're in a bad situation. Yeah, here is a literal almost red flag of yeah. a flapping it's an orange trunk. flag. Yeah,
1: get out, get yeah. out. I, I literally get out, get
0: out of the car. Yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. Shut yeah. the trunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It's falling
1: apart. Yeah. I would say my answer to that today, and it could be different in an hour, but right now in this interview today, uh, my answer is what's the difference? I took it that way. So we as human beings interpret situations. You know what I mean? It's our evolutionary brain. You see a lion charging towards you, you ascribe meaning to it. I saw a sports car and I go, this is like the girl. I'm also somebody growing up with plays and movies and songs and I look for imagery. I would say though, today... I feel like my life does have meaning. When I look for it, when here's what I was saying about the love thing. And, the, the, and this is my entire worldview on serendipities this week. Okay. Is that when you're in love, you are connected and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. It's this, it's this chemical and this spiritual sort of affirmation. I found this person. You know the feeling? Being in love? I found the person. Mm-hmm. We're alive at the same time. Right. And she likes me too. She loves me too. It's it's the best feeling in the world. Nobody would argue it's the best feeling in the world. Right. And then when you're in that space, when you're in that consciousness, mm-hmm. everything starts kind of going your way. Right. Is there an explanation? Yeah, you're probably happier. You're getting some sex and some connection and you're feeling better. So you're probably functioning better at work. You're smiling at the post office. And that leads them to cutting some price off your postage. And you're just like, zip, doo right. you're feeling good. I yeah. understand that. But I think it is a spiritual and a cosmic thing. And I think it actually reflects that there's a way, I feel like uh, serendipities, when they're happening and you're not in love. I think when you're in love, it connects you to the greater driving force of this universe, which I think is love, right. however you want to interpret that. Right. Light, oxygen, energy, just existence. Mm-hmm. That's a loving force that brought us here. Or you could call it God. It doesn't really matter to me either way but if you're when you're in love you're kind of closer to feeling the love of your creator for lack Mm -hmm. of a better term and then when you're having serendipities just in your life and here's one that happens to me roses i swear to fucking god all the time i'm having a great day Mm -hmm. just one of those days you keep running into people you know on the street yeah you go into the restaurant your favorite table is there i'm not just talking about like good days like i won the lottery you're feeling like you're on the path you're supposed to be on. Yeah, it's
0: the whole thing. The guy at the coffee shop gives you a discount for no apparent reason. Yeah. Hey, we just happen to have an extra one of your favorite donuts. Want
1: it for free? Exactly. Yeah, everything is just falling into place. And then the, f- like the time that you would normally be doing this thing, something's canceled and then something is exactly at that time rescheduled absolutely for, and you're just like what the fuck it's the feeling of being a train and you and those weird train wheels snap onto the track yeah and you're like i'm in the right place i'm mm-hmm. in what i would call the holy flow of my day i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing right on days like that almost inevitably i pull into my parking spot right over here right behind these buildings and as I pull in, the song on the radio ends as I pull in. Yep, yep. I don't force it. I don't speed up. I don't break the law to make this happen. I pull in, the song ends just as I'm turning off That's the ignition. It. Right. And I go, of course it would. Of course yeah. it would. I'm not timing this. I'm not right. like, I'm about four minutes away. I'm going to put on heart-shaped box. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. It just happens.
0: Those the, when I Every I- time. When I would have those days in New York, when I still lived in New York, uh, the, this is the thing. This was the crowning song ending as you're pulling into the parking space moment. That man gets I, on the train. The man, that yeah. bag <laughs> is full of money. <laughs> Click, or, or uh, <laughs> it's going to be... It's, it, what happened to me in New York is I would be running around town all day. And for anybody that's ever lived in New York, you know that if you have a scheduled day in new york that goes off without a hitch it feels magical yeah any one of a zillion things can block and fuck up your day and when I would be having one of those days, it would just be moving, perfect, everything's great, smiles, laughs in front. I'd be down the subway, I'd be standing, waiting for the train, yes. and the doors would stop right directly on you. in front of me. New York's open. a great city
1: to notice that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I'd walk right in, nobody would be coming out. Yeah. I'd
0: get to walk right in and just sit
1: right down. It you was, get a primo seat, one of those, only one side of you has a person next to you. Oh, seats. the railing seat. Yeah, a railing seat, great seat. Oh. You know what we're talking about, Joe? I honestly think it's strange, and we can explore the... I'm going to say I think we should explore the narcissism Oh, absolutely required in believing a- Absolutely. Because sort of when you do start unpacking, I was thinking of a song and it came on the radio, we need to look at the narcissism of that and we should. But I, I think what we're exploring is a universe connection sort of thing. When mm-hmm. you feel connected to the universe and when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. when you're serving your purpose, when you're following your bliss, whatever you want to say, right. the universe can start to feel like it's meeting you. Right. You know what I mean? your phone, your phone rings. We know, we all know the examples. We're talking about love and we're talking about favor. Actually, sorry to bring Glengarry Glen Ross into it. But when he says, uh, uh, Shelley Levine played by Jack Lemon says to the guy in his pitch, he said, he's talking to a guy saying how he sold the land. He goes, this is your opportunity. The man gets on the train. He leaves the bag. The bag is full of money. Right. So he's, Using the idea of a serendipity in right. the movie, yeah. which is kind of serendipitous that's coming up, right. as a sales pitch. Absolutely. Because when things, serendipitous things are happening, I think we inherently associate that with God's love. Absolutely. Good luck. Absolutely. Favor. Yeah. And I would argue that, that those things, when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, increase and they can be seen as signs. On days when I'm just like going to go to my apartment and drink alone, the song's ending. The song is starting <laughs> as I pull into my spot. Do you understand? Yeah. And I even re- acknowledge yeah. that too. I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's key, not one of those days.
0: The key goes off as they're about to launch into the chorus of Working for the Weekend by yeah. Loverboy. It's like the worst time to turn the car It goes up. the other way. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm glad you brought up the narcissistic thing because. Well, this is
1: what we really have to challenge.
0: Yeah, this is, this is that's the balance. That's the balance of all this. It's narcissism versus the cosmic whatever, uh, and you want to be able to be the guy that is aware of these things, that that experiences them, that's open to them. But you also don't want to be end up being Jim Carrey in the movie Number Twenty Three, yeah. where you're walking around sweaty, going, "It all means something." Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And everybody's going, "Dude, relax, right. man." Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know. So it, it's a tricky balance. It it's is a tricky, tricky balance.
1: balance. Well, we're talking about a. a because, okay, that's that's what we need to unpack with the with the narcissism. Right. When I think, and this happens to me a lot, I have my iPod on and it's on shuffle and I think about a song. Right. In fact, our friend Pat Walsh told me that he, he's a huge music guy mm-hmm. and he uh, he had his entire iPod on shuffle. Did he tell right. you this story?
0: He didn't. Can I tell you one quick thing about Pat Walsh? Please. Uh, very fast. He, the other night, I'm in my office, it's about... Quarter
1: to 12. I'm in my shirt sleeves. I'm in my shirt sleeves.
0: <laughs> By the way, anytime <laughs> Pete or me says something, the other one laughs and it doesn't make sense, it's Glenn Gehrig's <laughs> So I don't have to keep saying
1: it.
0: So I'm in my office. Uh-huh. Um, it's about quarter to 12 at night. He texts me, Joe, I'm in your neighborhood. I just got out of a movie. Want to meet for a drink or is it too late? I said, Pat, it's not too late, but I'm not feeling too well right now. I think I'm just going to go to bed. What movie... He writes Wolf of Wall Street. I go, Jesus Christ, Pat, I swear to God, I drove by that theater today. I saw it was playing there. And I was going to text you to see if you wanted to go see that with me tonight. Because yeah, yeah. it was in my neighborhood. And here's why that's significant to the listener. I don't know Pat that well. Yeah. The same thing happens. See, as you're saying that, I'm like, do you see a lot of movies with Pat? But you don't. I don't. I've yeah. never even hung out with Pat outside of a group. Yeah. The oh, the other time that happened with Pat and I was on Christmas. I texted him Merry Christmas, and he wrote back, Joe, it's Kismet. I swear to God I don't send Christmas texts, but I saw your name in my contacts today, and you were the one guy I was going to send it to.
1: Yeah. It's weird. But Okay, so to my interpretation before we get to how it might be flawed right. is that, okay, here's Pat. I, I introduce you to a special person. Right. You know what I mean? You're supposed to be friends. You guys get along very well, creatively similar, this, that, and the other. So it only makes sense that you would lodge in each other's brains and then like forge this thing sure. and then have this sort of stuff kind of affirm that. Right. Whether or not that is maybe solely biological. You're a new friend, you're new to town. Right. I don't know. Right. I don't know. The, so the narcissism. So Pat actually has this great story and he can tell it better than me, but he was like, he's got his iPod, he's got 50,000. A billion songs on his iPod. It's on Shuffle. He uh I I don't know the songs, but he's on the 101 and a song comes on his iPod that references the 101. Right. Then he gets on the 405 and there's another song. So that's when he started being like, What the fuck? Jesus. It plays a, a song that references the 405. Right there. That's a pretty good story. Then he says he gets home. It's still playing. He's still got his iPod going. He pours a, bo- uh, a glass of red wine and red, red wine comes. <laughs> it's one of those moments where you look around <laughs> and you think you're being pranked. You know what I right. mean? And again, the human brain, it's a special, a special thing for especially us as mammals. We look for meaning. We ascribe meaning. We look at that and we go, that means something. There's right. a God and religions have been built on less interesting phenomena. Sure. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm here to say that uh, for better or worse, I'm with that. But let's explore that. It's whenever people are like uh manifest manifesting things or mm-hmm. being positive right. or whatever, getting the universe blessing you with stuff. Right. We have to look at the problem of pain. We have to look at the problem of uh, of people who want things really badly and they don't get it, and how do we describe that? And we also have to look at, as I keep saying, the narcissism of being like, "I was thinking of a song and the universe like intervened and and changed my iPod." Well, there's something, excuse me. There's something to be said with this pain
0: thing. You're very right. There are people that want things. Absolutely right. You're absolutely right. There are the people that want things terribly. Now, now, let's just for the sake of this debate or or discussion, whatever you want to call it, alleviate the concept that there are people that need things that don't have the things they need. I understand that there are people that are hungry and need clothing, and those are terrible, horrible realities, but that's not what I'm referring to in this. I'm talking about people that want things that they don't need, they want. Yeah. And I think it's been proven time and time again on a personal level for either of us or people we know, whatever. When you want the thing, it's the movie The Prestige when Tesla says to uh, Hugh Jackman's character, obsession is a young man's game. It will destroy you. Mm. When you want it so bad, when I have to have the thing. I have to have the thing. You don't ever get the thing. Yeah. When you put it away and say, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Then you get everything. And how many times have you heard a comic complain about that? That fucking guy, he doesn't even try. Yeah. He didn't do shit. He got a goddamn TV show now. Jesus yeah. Christ. You know, like it's the guy that doesn't care, that doesn't put the stress on it, that gets the promotion.
1: Well, this this, this is the thing. This when we're talking about serendipities, we really are talking about flow. Yeah. And we're flow. we're looking at serendipities being indicators that you're in the holy flow in the right flow that's what i i believe in and the holy
0: flow is you know if you want to talk about flow in a literal sense like water you have
1: to go with the tide and when you hit a rock you just move around it exactly but those people i i call that comedy cancer i've said that many times on my show the people that just can't stop harping on what they're not getting right but you know i actually just uh you know i hear examples of, of meetings that just you, you keep rescheduling it you keep missing each other don't force it. Let right. it go. Sometimes right. that's like the perfect timing for those things. I'm sure I could think of 50 examples of, of things being like I
0: that. remember one of the, like, because I am a guy that's more prone than you are to get hung up on something and, yep. and go, God damn it. And I've worked very hard over the years to get away from that. But sometimes it does get the best of me. Your insecurities well up and whatever. And I remember when I first started to do the downtown rooms in New York, um, not first started, but when I was really starting to crack into like some of the bigger New York downtown shows, like Sweet These, and those
1: uh, other people would know them as Alt Room. Yeah, the Alt I, Rooms I like that you put them down. Yeah,
0: the, the sort of staple shows that I kind of felt like, will I be accepted? Yeah. I won't be accepted, and your and all your bullshit's fucking with you. I remember the like second or first time I did Sweet, I went in and I just said, I'm not going to care about that anymore. I'm just going to be me, and I'm just going to have fun. And that was the night that a producer from This American Life. Yeah. approached me and said i'd like to interview you for a story and i and i thought to myself my god the second i let go of the fear of this yeah. thing yeah. i understand like one of the ultimate flagship things from this scene this radio show that's adored was like hey you're you're good enough we like you yeah and it never would have happened had i gone in there and said i have to figure it out
1: and i've got to change this and whatever right so that flow thing is so yeah. so important it's it's little indications i don't know if i already said this but i was trying to relate relational love being a reflection of our love uh to the universe or to god right and then when you get these serendipities they're little indications that the universe is also in love with you it's in love with what you're doing in that moment right you want to talk about career serendipities i'll talk your dick off you know what i mean <laughs> like it's already off fell off i love this one i'm so sorry uh, I, I hope this is okay to tell these stories but like I uh, was in New York. I had been there for maybe uh, a month, two months. I really wanted to... You're talking about when you first moved to New York? No, I had been there for six months. I had been there for six months and but I... But in the beginning of comedy? Yeah, You're not begin- saying
0: like you went back and visited from L.A. You're saying when you first moved to New York... is the I'd time. been doing comedy
1: for three years. I got you. And then I moved to New okay. York. Now I'm with and you. then I was there for six months. And then I had just started because of my uh, dear friend... I can, I, can, I can rewind the story as far as you like because Jesse Klein seeing me and getting me on uh, Best Week Ever was another serendipity. Sure. I'm going to tell you because I did a show at UCB the first time I got in at UCB. It took a long time. How long? A long time. A
0: long time to get there.
1: And then Nick Kroll was there. Mm-hmm. That right there is just like, what? Because the show that I wanted to do the most was a show that he hosted with Jesse Klein. I don't mean to sound so Machiavellian, but I wanted Nick to see me, and I wanted Jesse Klein to see me because Jesse Klein was an executive at Comedy Central at the time, yes, and I wanted to be on premium blend. These were very specific goals. that is what I wanted very badly, not in a crazy way, and I wasn't being really deliberate or or snaky no it's hate, it's, it's a goal it's yeah, so but okay I would I wasn't really networking i, I was gotcha. I was letting my career network for me. I, I gotcha. wanted to do that show and let the act speak for itself sort of thing so. Nick was at the show. The one time I finally got in. Nick happened to be there. Nick happened to watch me. How preposterous is that? Right. Who watches what? Right. He watched me. He books me on his show. I do his show. He's not there. Jesse Klein is. Right. Okay. That's that's another serendipity. I uh, I do well. Jesse says I should do Best Week Ever and I should do Premium Blend. She helps plug me in. Uh, you know, of course, there are auditions and tapes involved. but sure. She says you should submit, and I do, and I get it. Then I start doing Best Week Ever, and then around the same time, this guy named uh, Avi Gilbert, who I'm still very grateful to, he showed yes. an early. Avi
0: and I started in comedy together. Is that right? Avi Three Arts, Avi. Yeah, yeah. We we started at the open mic at the Laugh House Avi in Philly. Avi did stand up for a few months. We started at the open mic in Philly together. Oh my god! And then he disappeared, and I didn't know where he went. And then I went to New York, and I ran into him, and he goes, "I'm an agent now." Yeah. I said, "I'm a comic now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's we've been friends ever since based on that yeah
1: well Avi was one of the first people to show me any sort of interest or whatever Mm -hmm. and he was very kind and then he said i've looked back on this many times something that people agents managers say that they don't necessarily mean which is come by the office sometime sure who does that nobody does that i would never do that but he i had so little going on i was walking around i had just done an audition or something i realized i was very close to his office right I, I looked, consulting I, your map consulting my map <laughs> I, I saw that I was very close to his office I, I took out his card which I still had on me and I called the number I said Avi I, I'm right by your office can I pop in and he said yes then I go up and I meet with Avi for a minute this is back when he was with a company called Relevant Entertainment with Rick Dorfman I remember. and Mike Berkowitz now, yeah. Mike is one of the biggest comedy booking agents uh, around Yeah, I walk he goes you should go meet Mike Berkowitz now keep in mind I had just started doing a show called Best Week Ever on VH1 I walk into Mike Berkowitz's office. At This doesn't sound real. As I walk into Mike Berkowitz's office, he's on the phone. So I get like a finger in the air. And he goes to, into the phone. He goes, yeah, I don't know any other comedians that are on Best Week Ever. Sorry. And hangs up. Jesus. The first thing I said to him was like, I'm on Best Week Ever. I'm a comedian. That led to a 60 college tour. Jesus Christ. Because I happened to call and what. Okay. You could like if I was. <laughs> If this was 1930, I'd be like, "What's that? That's drive. No, that's good fucking luck." But that's that is not. I don't deserve the credit for that. That is holy flow. I was supposed. Okay, I was supposed. I'm so. I hate terms like blessed and stuff. But I'm so fortunate that I met Avi when I did. That I got his card when I did. That I called him on the day that I did. That I walked into that office when I did. That is how I lived. For two years. Well, Holmes, let's talk about this. Roses!
0: (laughs) 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 Let's talk about this. You bring up Jesse Klein in this story. Yeah. I'll tell you a story that has to do with you and me. (laughs) When I was in New York still, and you were still living in New York, we had become friends early on at the Boston Comedy Club, and then we didn't see each other for years. Years. For years. I... Got to a point where I was becoming a little, um, uh, I guess, you know, melancholy maybe would be the right word, with the club scene. I was I was feeling like I was getting something out of some of the clubs, but I wasn't getting a lot out of all the clubs, and I needed to expand. I wanted to break into something new. So I said, let me start researching what's going on in the quote-unquote rooms in New York. I looked up a several shows. Your name came up. Punch up your life hosted by Pete Holmes and Jesse Klein at the Housing Works bookstore, I thought to myself, Pete's an old friend. I should call him. I should see if I could get on the show. I called you. Great to hear from you. How you been? One thing leads to another. You say, I'll recommend you to Jeremy Levenbach at Whiplash. I start doing Whiplash. You say, I'll have you on uh, uh, Housing Works. I come down. I do the show. It all goes great. Blah, 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 blah. What happens? Jesse Klein says, I'm not going to co-host the show anymore. You call me. You say, co-host the show with me. In that period, we realize there is a bond
1: there. (laughs) (laughs) Glenn Gary, Glenn Roth. Yeah. (laughs) There's a bond there. Two weeks, two months later. We need to be ashamed.
0: We need not be ashamed. Two months later, (laughs) you say, I'm moving to uh, LA. Yeah. You go off to LA to become a TV writer. Yeah. And event after event after event after event,
1: whatever where do we end up? You have a TV show on TBS and I... And then you came out to visit and I didn't hire you in the first run. No. It was a, it was a weird oversight. That, I'm not apologizing. I'm just but yeah. saying it was a weird oversight. Because let me tell you something, Joe. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> I'm trying to live where the juice is. And the juice is in serendipities. The juice is in coincidences. Yes. The juice is, what are we really saying, is being present. Right. understand? Allowing things to happen. That's why when you go out with a girl... And you've never had sex before and everything clicks and then you have sex. It's so wonderful. And then when you like see them again, it can lose some of that magic because now you're just manufacturing what you did before. Right. I believe in the juice of that first night. And I'm looking for a life like that first Absolutely. night. Absolutely. So how do I book my podcast? I run into people. I've never right. I very, very rarely look at a list of names and be like, who should I get on my podcast? I tell you what does happen, I run into fucking you know Bob Odenkirk, and and then I I don't I didn't ask him to do it, but like I believe in surrendering to the flow. Right, I'm in the river, baby. Right, and I'm gonna wait for little fishes to come and bite my feet. So I'm on the show. I'm doing a TV show. My good friend Roses, whom I'm always happy to see.
0: Yeah, I always love seeing you. Yeah, I know. I really mean that. But
1: but what's so weird is maybe by fault of like being in the moment, maybe I'm up my own ass. Sometimes I'm not as thoughtful as I need to be. When I'm doing the hiring, again, I'm not apologizing. When I'm doing the hiring, maybe I didn't think of my old buddy Roses. Partly because you're in New York. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But here you are in L.A., you're telling me, we're having these conversations where you're like, I think I want to move to L.A. Uh, it's fine. This is, and all that <laughs> that's, so that's the uh, Pete Holmes impression, <laughs> of you, by the way. That's fine. <laughs> so <laughs> then you're in, uh, you're in my life. Right. You're staying at my place. We're hanging out. Right. Then I'm in my office. At work, Nick Bernstein comes and says, We have the budget for another writer. I go, Joe DeRosa. Right. And and then I call Joe DeRosa, and then you came and became like, the sort of person that you're just like, I don't know, don't tell your fucking agents and use this as le-. You never would, I'm joking, yeah. as leverage against me. <laughs> it's one of those things that we couldn't have done it without you. You know what I mean? Thank means? you. We're like, we always had a, a term, I was like, we got to drag this through the roses, which means let Joe have a crack at it. But, I
0: got that text from you, by the way, and I'm yeah. not gloating or stroking myself here. It, it meant so much to me. I was in... I texted you to say we were hiring you? No, 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 no. no. You <laughs> called me to say you were hiring uh, me, which was one of the best calls I ever got because you said I have bad news. And I said, don't worry about it. If you can't hire me, I don't yeah. care. And you went, no, 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 no. And I go, Pete, I get it. It's fine. Yeah. No, 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 no. Pete, I get it. And you go, no, Roses, I have bad news you got to cancel your road dates we're hiring you and (laughs) And then you started laughing like that you go go, sorry it was a bit yeah i did a bit i did a bit i shouldn't have done the bit. i'm glad i did the bit. yeah it was funny it was hilarious it It was it was great but i you texted me holmes i swear to god it was my first week on the show i was having fun but it was still new territory for me. Yeah, I had, you, were,
1: you were the new guy. I was
0: the new guy. Everybody there was set up. In fact, when I first came in, I had to wait a couple of days to get
1: a desk. Yeah, and stuff. no desk. I yeah, was. like We had a, a little bit of a rhythm going. And it was. Here comes yeah. Joe. And I did do a speech. I came in. It and I was, was like, wonderful. This is Joe. This is my son with who I am well pleased. It was biblical it was, reference.
0: Yeah, it was wonderful. It was. It, everybody was so accepting. Yeah. But you're still at the end of the day getting dropped into this rhythmic pool that's already on its thing. So you have your moments of like, am I am I doing okay? Did I do yeah, am I sure. doing it right? Yeah. Whatever. And I was sitting in my car applying for this apartment yeah. that we're sitting in. I was filling out the application for this apartment in my car down the street at the Auto Zone. Yeah. Uh, and I'm si- It's nine o'clock one night after work, and I'm feverishly filling it out. And I'm writing as I'm writing the Pete Holmes show as my employer. Yeah, weird. I start thinking like. <sighs> I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm doing okay at the job. It's only the third day, but I think I'm doing okay. And you texted me. Wow, you're signing. You signed the deal. You you texted me, and I swear to God, the text was. Roses was talking to Nick Bernstein in the postmortem today, and we both agree we don't know how we what would have done how we tried doing this without you, Ah. and it was like. and then I texted you back. And the I picture went, of, the, of the contract. Yeah, Holmes, yeah. that means the world to me.
1: Thank you. Look what I'm Look doing. Look what I was doing right when you texted. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, you want to talk about things but just like, lining why? up. You know?
1: See, I'm with you. If you. I'm a little bit afraid of internet ridicule, but who gives a shit? I believe in that sort of stuff. I believe yeah. there is a cosmic timing. Why did I text you at that moment? Do I, do I have a connection to you? Do I have a connection? Do we, Are we connected? Right. I think so. You can very easily convince me of some sort of collective unconscious that we're all tapping into and borrowing from at all times. So in that moment, I'm feeling a fondness for you, and I act on it. But that's the thing. It's, the acting is the thing. You feel something, and you act on it. I feel like I should be a stand-up comedian. I act on it. You know what I mean? Right. If the, And that doesn't mean I didn't face any hardships. It wasn't all just... Holy, flowing all the way to the top sure but you you always felt like you were doing the right thing right there's some dark nights of the soul where you're like what the fuck am i doing everybody has that but in general you feel like you're in the river and you're moving with the river i i
0: yeah i equate it to i think it's i think it's like uh it's like being in a platoon it's like being the drill sergeant of your own platoon yeah you know you're gonna have those dark nights in the bush yeah where you're getting shot at and you're like holy christ i've picked a this is questionable but at the end of the day you go i put my fucking boots on every morning because i'm supposed to be a goddamn drill sergeant yeah that's what i meant it's like being a cop and you make the calls, or a fireman or whatever you're gonna have those danger days those horribly scary frightening whatever Uh, moments but you just say this is what i'm meant to do man yeah it doesn't even though you're
1: having a bad day doesn't mean you're like oh i fucked up no no. but that's the thing is so many people i feel like are trying to put a square peg into a round hole they're trying to force absolutely they're trying to achieve sometimes a type of success or a type of prestige prestige again yeah uh that that uh they think they're supposed to have as opposed to what they're actually supposed to have. You right. can't, we have a hard time getting that shit out of our water, filtering it out of our true purpose. Right. You go, like, oh, I'm supposed to be rich. Says who? Or I'm supposed to be famous. Or I'm supposed to be a dancer. Or I'm so maybe, like, maybe you're supposed to have a regular job, straight, quote unquote, a straight job. Right. And then at night, you fucking create Calvin and Hobbes. You know what I mean? Right. Or whatever it is. Calvin and Hobbes is even too fancy. I'm just saying there's a thing. There's a there's a blueprint on your soul, if you, if there is such a thing, that you can be in honor of, and in service of, and that feeling of pulling into your driveway and the song is ending, and these little tidbits that you're going like this is the right thing. The the one time that I went to a party in New York, I meet an agent. You know what I mean? Like these, right. these little little indications. Right. Then once you start acknowledging that, and I think we've gotten to this place here, is Joe comes into my life, I hire Joe. It, you know, I could spend more time. Crunching, making tea graphs and and crunching things and right. being like pros and cons and what's the kind of voice we need. <laughs> right. Or I can just listen to my spirit right. and go, oh, I've been knowing we need a stand-up. I've been knowing we need somebody that's a little bit more ranty, somebody that's a little bit saltier to my sweet. Because you know how salty I can be, but right. we have a lot of the sweet helpers. Now we need some salt helpers. Right. And then it's still happening. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, I, you know. So I'll be, uh, you know, esoteric here. Um, but I did a show recently, and I barely do shows uh, lately. Um, I've been touring a little bit, but I mean, like in town, right? Then I went and did a show, and on the show is like one of the guys, just another kind of guy that I'm just like, oh, he would be great on the show. I don't right. know if it's going to work out. Right. I'm not saying I'm going to hire him, right. But it did make me think about him. Sure. And I told him I was like, I wonder if you'd be available no promises or, or whatsoever but that's the sort of life i'm living right that's the sort of life we should all be living and when we're at our best we're we're open to things the open heart i have a post-it note above my refrigerator that says open h it means open heart i'm too embarrassed to write open heart because i right. you know i have, I know what you I have mean. people over <laughs> i know. <laughs> but, you know it says I know open H," mean. and I, as i'm drinking water in the morning from the fridge i'm just remembering have an open heart be open. Romantic and sexual love is such a good uh, microcosm of how we're supposed to participate with the universe in general. When you go to a party, the beautiful thing about like all these people, and like, let's picture the same party, like a classy party, you know what I mean? Yes. It's not at the ye rustic. We're like a nice party. <laughs> it's a holiday party. People are wearing jackets and dames are dressed to the nines. The ye, ye rustic, by the way, is a... Uh, Shithole bar. <laughs> Roses has gotten this fucking vegan to eat many a buffalo wing. Yeah, yeah. In that bar. Pete, uh, if,
0: if I can just squeeze in one of our inside jokes, uh, Pete is a guy that is strictly vegan until he has one beer <laughs> and, and then a great joke when he goes
1: guys eating seeds all day until he gets one beer in him." <laughs> yeah it's yeah.
0: true pete has a, pete has a drink of something and it's just like let me tear the flesh from the bone yeah i'll of eat whatever. the bone
1: it's fucking it's fucked up uh for for me anyway that's that's not always true it's it's pretty true. <laughs> anyway we're at the classy party yes what is happening on a good night and again looking at this as a microcosm of how we are sure. to interact with the world if you're being present and you meet somebody and you're you're paying attention we're not expending our our resources alone in a cave looking at pornography and we're not just like fucking holding ourselves off and putting up cobblestones until we're inside of a turret that you can barely get any light in you're outdoors you're in a scene Mm -hmm. you're paying attention you're smelling you're seeing you're winking you're flirting you're connecting Right, you're paying attention. Yeah, you're sending. You're receiving. Right. They're receiving. You're sending. It's a wonderful thing. And something happens. Something clicks. And that's why fucking is a spiritual thing. It's a godly thing. I honestly believe it. it it's it's like yeah, a church it's, well, it, when it's, it's good. We've also had our 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 well, our, well darker experiences. Of course, of course. But, but here's when it's the right, thing: in this party experience, here's the that's thing. A serendipity. Absolutely, that you can put your dick in. <laughs> this has been Joe De Rosa. One topic, one guest, one hour on the no network network. (laughs) There's no network. No network network. network.
0: This podcast today started with me saying this podcast uh, was brought to you by me because we're alone in this world. As we then launch into a whole thing about serendipity and synchronicity. Yeah, but anyway, that's that's fun too. The uh, (laughs) but here's here's what I like about what you just said. You talk about the godly experience of sex and. It is the, oh, when it's good, it's wonderful. It's the ultimate in sync. It's the ultimate. It's, yeah. you, you, it's, it's plugging the phone into the computer and iPhoto opening up and go, I know what to do. I know what you need yeah. me to do with this phone right now. Yeah. And when it's bad, I really think well, that's, that's why it's be- such a betrayal. It's a betrayal. And that's it's why, a why falling, out of,
1: falling out of love is also a betrayal. Uh, synchronicity is just being, again, love and favor. And when you fall out of love, when you're heartbroken, that's when nothing clicks. And, that's when no one is reading the book you're reading. Uh, and right. the, the parking spot is not even available. Somebody, There's a dead body in your parking Some spot. Some other
0: guy's dick is in the parking spot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's raining
1: yeah. on only you. And you know what I mean? Th- those are reflections of our heart. And that's, that's, those are both instances of whether or not it's literally or scientifically true. Those are instances both where it feels like our condition and our consciousness is affecting our environment. Well, here's, here's
0: what I'm taking away from this discussion so far.
1: One hour, one topic. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to uh, 111. One topic, one hour. <laughs> one guest. 111 with Jonah Rousin.
0: I'm seeing ones everywhere since I started this podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, the,
1: here's,
0: here's, my, here's my take on, on so far at least. I think basically what we're getting at here is maybe it's not a magical thing at all. Maybe it's when you let the flow carry you, when you go with the tide, it works. And when you don't, it doesn't. You know, with the sex thing, for instance, we talked about bad sex and the betrayal. Now, I don't mean by that, and I know you don't either, that that means all sex has to be love making. It all has to be with the person you're in love with. It can't ever be uh, casual. That's not what I'm saying at all. But your body and brain know the difference between having a casual and lax sexual experience and... I'm just trying to get my nut off right now and I'm not connected to this person in any way. That's why you feel dirty Other after than certain physically. sex. Yeah. Right. And that's why you feel dirty after certain sexual experiences and not at all after others. Yeah. You know, um but you know my thing is is or what I'm trying to say is is that I think what we're really saying here is like well that's you, what I'm saying. Well that's what I'm saying. <laughs> when you when you go along with the flow, it carries you. When I talked about the punch up your life thing, saying that's a show I got to be a part of my buddy hosts it I need to go down there I need to break into this there was no serendipity necessarily uh in the sense that we're talking about it uh to me coming down to the show and having a good set and then getting to co-host it with you but what it was was me saying I want to go in that direction I aspire to be there and when the tide said yes come along with me. Yeah. I went with it. Yep. I didn't fight it. If I would have went down there and they threw rotten eggs at me, then it would have been like, "Okay, I'm going back." And that's when you're that's when everything starts going. No, 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 no. no. Don't don't go back. They threw the eggs at you. Yeah. Just go somewhere else right now. Yeah. You know, so I think basically you just keep that open mind, you keep moving open forward. Open heart. Open heart. Yes. Open yes. Mind. Uh, they are connected. Yep. You know, uh, they really are connected. They're not separate things. Right. Um you, you let that flow happen. I mean, right. it's the flow. It's the flow. And I, I guess in some sense, the flow can mean the cosmic connectivity of yeah. it all. You know? and I,
1: I agree with that. I But that just goes back to, I think there's just a lot more going on than than what we can perceive. Absolutely. What, a great quote somebody said on my podcast, it's actually been said several times, which is us trying to understand the world is like dogs trying to understand the internet. And I'm, I just happen to be one of those people that I, do, I think we are greater than the sum of our parts I think three dimensions is just the beginning, and you know quantum physics is showing us that. Right. So I, I think there's a fuck ton going on. Well, how could it be? Electricity, radio waves, micro, all, all that, all the, all the waves going on. I'm not. I'm not. Is that a sign that we're an hour? 50. No, ten. We have ten minutes left. Ten minutes, them- one hour, one game! <laughs> <laughs> including the intro,
0: including the intro.
1: The other one that I didn't hear. The uh, no, well that that intro is
0: just that one sentence and then the music plays and then oh. i come in with the intro you heard intro. so it's it's tight i want to too keep tight. It tight i want to keep it <laughs> too light i want to keep it tight in
1: here that was a seinfeld reference that was a seinfeld reference to milk too light you got the um, cereal got your newspaper got the spoon pick up the carton too light <laughs> 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 it's too light Uh, I want to I just want to keep it
0: the podcast I'm a big fan of and I said this at the beginning I'm a big fan of talk radio and I like when two people have a very honest discussion but I also feel like why let it go on for well you're talking to the wrong guy I know my schedule Uh, you're getting an hour out of me if you're lucky yeah (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) Oh, I understand. No, but I even said to to Ernie, uh, the wonderful engineer over here, uh, before we started. I said Holmes and me might go long, and if it, if we do, we'll make it a two parter. But now
1: we do we do a one. I I want to do a one, especially if it's one topic. You want to talk about something else? We can do it. Yeah, we're time. we're flowing. Here. But it, 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 go ahead. It, it's interesting that it did become about the flow, and whether I'm going to say my official opinion is that there is something cosmic and spiritual going on. Yes, I am also here to say that I'm open although I think it's, it's not really uh, the belief that I necessarily hold. I'm open to the idea that when you are in love and you're happier, like I said, you function better at work, and then you get that promotion, and that has nothing spiritual to do. And when you're in a good mood and when you ate a good breakfast and you got your fucking espresso and you're feeling nice, maybe things do feel more connected and you're winking more at babies and high-fiving old people. I understand.
0: Well, my, my whole, you know, I believe that there's an absolute science to karma. Uh, and I know we're not talking about karma, but in a way we kind of are. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a science to karma. I think you could really break it down with an equation with, you know, they say karma, you get out what you put in, you get back what you put out there and whatever, and it's the universe. Hand- yeah, that is true. But scientifically, there's a math to that. It's if you wake up in a good mood, and you walk down the street and uh, ex- exploit your good mood and say hello to people and 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 act in a kind and sharing and loving way to other people, mm. when the guy cuts you off in traffic later or bumps into you and doesn't say excuse me or gives you the finger, whatever it is, it's not going to bother you. Yeah. But you wake up in a shit mood, then the guy gives you the finger, now you're off and running. And it's like that old Marin joke about where he said... You know, you go to the convenience store, you argue with the guy about the Marlboro cigarettes. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, the guy says, is a jerk. You yell at him. He yells at you. You go home. You kick your dog.
1: And then somehow this all ends up in the Middle East. Yeah. You know, it's it's it, it that really goes. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but you know what I think is really interesting about what you say? I've been giving this some thought is so much to do with how you wake up in the morning, at least for me, as somebody who remembers his dreams. Has to do with what I was dreaming about. And I actually think that brings in a little bit, some of that kind of cosmic thing. If I dream about sex, I wake up horny. If I dream about good things, I wake up feeling good. If I dream about arguing and fighting and negative things and reliving bad things, I wake up angry. So all of this kind of starts from a subconscious sort of thing that none of right. us are paying attention to. I actually think one of the dreams are so uninteresting to people. No one wants to talk about it. But I actually think. It's a, it's, a, it's a huge reflection on most things spiritual.
0: Well, here's the thing, too. It, is, it does start with the subconscious foundation. However, I think the conscious uh, uh, track you go on from that affects the subconscious, too. In other words, what I'm trying to say is, are, or can be affected in the wrong way by the subconscious. You can dream about good things, but I've certainly had situations where I dream about something wonderful and wake up and then in, in a bad mood because it wasn't real uh, you you dream about the perfect girl and the situation that's beautiful and so magical and whatever And then you wake up and it's not there and you can take that and go i'm gonna say fuck this this is bullshit i don't have that and start your day like that or you can wake up and go that was really
1: nice and that yeah. was a pleasant thing to well, think of while of the guy i dro- being like, slept I don't get the girl. The guy's got a TV show, and I don't get the girl. Right. Or you can just be like, "That was a dream. Flow with it, baby. Flow with it. It was a dream. Keep moving. Keep moving."
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's really all it's about is 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 flow. Keep with it. Is it magical? I don't know. Is it cosmic? I don't know. Is it God saying yes to certain people and no to others? I don't know. But at the end of the day, you go with the flow. Fucking a baby. <laughs>
1: What do you want to plug? One topic, one guest, one hour with Jonah around. What do you want to plug? It was fine. <laughs> I don't know. When does this go out?
0: February. I told Kurt February 1st. This is on the 1st or the 15th of February. One of the two. So let's say the
1: first. Plug for the first and let's hope for the best. <laughs> well, February 24th, the Pete Holmes show comes back on after. COVID. So either way, this works. And PeteHolmes.com. For info and clips from the first season. Great. Check it out. Great sale, Please. Shelly. Great sale from the store. Fuck her. By Gary Kumas.